church needs to be a place to where you're just coming. I'm serving. I'm coming. I told somebody we should have the... They're coming to be fed by God, to feel the Spirit of God. You know what I mean? I've been in some services just wild, crazy, and the drummer was off, and the, the, they was out of key. But I'm going to tell you what, I got the Spirit of God got all over me. And if I'd have been based on, I didn't like the way the drummer sounded, or I didn't like the way the keyboard, I'd have missed the whole... Amen? It, 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 church is not an amusement. We're not, this ain't like, I didn't really like that movie. You know what I mean? You know? You know, to be honest with you, you you are you make it. You make it what it is. And and we got to get to that place where, because I'm going to be honest with you, if if, if that's the way it's going to be built, we're going to have a hard time building the body of Christ, building the church. Amen? And I hear that all the time. I, you go, I, I'm, you're going to find something that don't appeal to your flesh. My flesh ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen? It, it's, it's the Spirit of God. And, you know, I've, I, and the Lord just said, you know, I've been in situations where, even in leadership, maybe you don't always agree with everybody. You know, it's just I just read a book. It's called the, the Tale of Two Kings, where 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 David just flat submitted. I mean, he was trying to kill him, and he still submitted to him. That's that's crazy. My preacher tried to kill me, but I'm still gonna go to church here. I don't know many folks in Lowndes County that would do that. Anyway, I just sneak in and watch it on the monitor in the children's ministry. Hallelujah! Sneak out before he finds me. Uh, it ain't going to be that bad. But I'm just saying, that, that's almost how it was with, with David and Saul. Amen. Just to be faithful. I've, I've been a part of, of um, gee, I've been a part of three churches in my life. And I've been saved for a long time. I was in Melody for 17 years. I was I pastored a church for two years in Mayo, Florida. And I've been a part of New Covenant here in Valdosta for 11 years, I think. 11 years. So, I just it's just being faithful and if God says move then you need to move but but I want to be at the point where they send me out you know what I mean take up an offer that boy's been doing something give me some help funding you know I've told Pastor Mark he said man I'd love to come to your church but the Lord hadn't told me if he does I'll be there amen so uh anyway we but I we've tried to we've attempted to come here and minister but Every time he'd call me, I was somewhere else. So this worked out. This worked out. And listen, listen, I love Pastor Mark and Ashley. They have just been wonderful friends. Of course, we're both Raymond graduates. We go to a lot of meetings together. And anytime y'all have special guests, if if it's if it's in my power, I'm here. I'm gonna be here. I've uh, been here many times over the years. Even before Pastor Mark came here with Pastor Brian, we 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 got to be great friends. And I love the Pastor Earl and the church there in St. Augustine and. Love, love this church, and um, now we we get to share offices. Glory to God! So we, we 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 get to see each other a lot. Anyway, I, I really was just really praying about what the Lord had for me to share today, and I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. I didn't come here to to do it. He, he wanted me to just briefly. We have a ministry that it's called Future Now. Anybody ever heard of Future Now? Future Now is a school assembly program. We go into schools during the day. We do programs about vision, purpose, and destiny. We do drama, music, light, sound, fog machines. We, we set off many fire alarms in schools. And uh, I believe if, you, if you're going to go in there with them school kids, you better blow it up big. Don't spare any expense. I'm, I'm always wanting to upgrade. We, I'm, we're going. I'm saying we got to go LED walls, man. We can't afford that. I said I can't, but God can. Hallelujah. I want some LED walls. And I said we're going to get them. They're coming. Just get ready. And quit telling me we can't afford it because I don't want to hear all that. Amen. I know this is a, a word of faith church. Y'all believe you, you can have. I did a devotional this morning. I sent out uh, um, saying what Jesus said. Somebody said, you, you believe in that confession stuff? No, I just, I just confessed the Bible. And that's what Jesus said. What You can have what you say. But most people are just saying what they have. Instead of having what they say, they're just saying what they have. Oh, I don't have this. I don't. You, you believe in the confession the reverse way. I just believe it in the positive way. Amen? People say they don't believe in confession. They're always confessing stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm just sick and tired. I'm sick. I'm stupid. I'm, my kids are stupid. We're never going to do anything. <laughs> I just read Nicholas Sparks quoted. It was a quote on prayer. Nicholas Sparks said this. I don't really know much about Nicholas Sparks. I, I don't read many novels. I've probably seen some of the movies based on his books. But, but uh, he said that he said, I don't, I don't pray because prayer don't work because uh, bad things are happening anyway. I'm like, he got exactly what he said. He needs to quit praying if he believes prayer don't work. 
if you believe prayer don't work, then you're right. Because prayer don't work if you don't believe it. Hallelujah. Jesus said, what's everything you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive and you shall have. A lot of people, I don't believe in that confession. Well, I, you, I don't either if you don't believe it. you got to believe what you say. Somebody say amen. Man, that's a whole other message there. If you got your Bibles, I don't know where we're going to start. Um, i got tons of Scripture. I just carry this little book around in case that God gives me a word I didn't have before. I'll just write it down. Because I need to take a break. I need to write something down. Hallelujah. I believe in writing down. If I'm here taking notes, if, I'm, if somebody else is preaching, I'm going to be taking. Somebody said, man, look at all them notes. Hallelujah. Now, this is a church that's well-versed in the Word of God. I just came back from Panama City. I have been, somebody asked me, what have I been doing? I, I have spent the night in 11 cities in the last seven weeks. That's, that's a lot of cities for me. Uh, some of it was some family stuff I had to take care of with my daughter and some of it was ministry, or, or uh, we went to some ministry meetings. But um, it's glad, I'm glad to be home. So um, it's good to be here. Amen. This is this this is this is like home to me. Amen. I want to read a scripture. It's over in First John chapter three, verse eight. First John three eight. I, I, I uh, about four or five years ago. It's probably longer than that now. Um, I was in a was actually riding with a minister. He was a Rama grad. We were, have been friends for many years, and um, he he he's a what do you call a um, a um, goodness where they they defend the faith an apo- apologist is that, that is that the right word? He's really good at apologetics. I, I'm impressed by that. I'm, I, if we're gonna have a debate. You might not want me in the debate, <laughs> but thank God for the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will make you look smart. You remember when the disciples said, these are Galileans, but they, they, these boys seem like they've been with God. they got some sense. I like that because I need all I can get. Amen. So anyway, he was talking to this guy, and he was a big Calvinist. Calvinists believe that God is, is, is whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and it's going to happen no matter what. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, you don't need to pray. You know? If I, why are we here? Let's go get a six-pack and go somewhere. You know? Now, I don't, I don't drink, okay? I just want you to know that. But I mean... <laughs> I did drink, and I enjoyed drinking when I in the flesh. But I got set free from that, and I don't drink anymore. So, I'm not going to lie to you, being drunk felt good. But I don't want to be drunk anymore. I don't want to be out of control. And it kills your brain cells, and there's effects of being drunk. It, it'll kill you. I got friends dead because of alcohol. But he was, he was debating with this guy, and this was a question he posed to this guy. It was a great question. He said, if this is true, that God's in control of everything, and, and, and that's, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You don't really have anything to do with it. Then he said, then why did God have to send Jesus to the earth to die? That was a great question. And so, he, so then he asked me this question. He said, why did God send Jesus to the earth? And I went, I'm a preacher. I graduated from Ramah. I've been in ministry for 31 years. And this was a a couple years ago, about 25 years ago, well, surely I know the answer to that question because I'm a minister of the gospel. And the Lord said, you better close your mouth and not answer him because you're not ready to answer him. And I went, I'm, in, I'm just being transparent. And, uh, and I said, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll find out and I'll get back with you. I found out if you don't know the answer, you better not raise your hand. I've been in funerals. I've been in churches where pastors say ignorant stuff. And I'm going to just get up and walk out. It's so stupid. I said, I'm going to have time to sit here and listen to a man that supposedly preaching the gospel and say idiot stuff like God took your baby because he needed a flower in heaven. That's nowhere in the Bible. We're, we're to preach the gospel. Now, I don't, maybe it's in the Book of Mormon or something. I don't know. Or, I don't know. A Harry Potter magazine or something. You know, I don't understand. I, I have never found that scripture. And if I was the mom of that child, I would have thrown something at the preacher and said, cuss God, ran out the door, and, and would have totally understood. The devil was behind that. When I was in school, if you didn't know the answer, you don't raise your hand, you make a fool out of yourself. Of course, I did anyway. I was a, I was a class clown, lost, you know, crazy. I didn't finish telling you everything we did. We go into schools and do assembly programs, invite the students back at night under the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and, and see kids get saved and uh we've been doing this ministry we're getting ready to celebrate 15 years full time and doing future now and 
we've seen, gee, I don't know, 200,000, 300,000 students. We've seen 20,000, 30,000 students that have committed their life to Jesus, along with parents that come back to the night of this. Administrators love us because they don't have parent, they don't have student problems. They got parent problems. Because if you got a problem with a student, it's coming from the house. The hell's going on in the house. He's bringing hell to school. Somebody say amen. So that's what we do. You can check it out. I'll, I'll, maybe we'll come back and do a presentation one day. Hallelujah. I, want to, I got this word. Listen, if you'll hold on with me today, when you leave here today, I promise you, you'll be glad you came to church. In fact, you'll want my notes and you'll want to take them home with you. We'll pass them out and make copies. I don't care. They ain't my notes. They're God's. Amen. And i just be honest with you. The Holy Spirit led me into this message, and it's a message that I bring to a lot of young people. I just got through sharing at a youth camp in Panama City, and I had kids coming to me. I've never understood the gospel. I've had grown women and men that have been in church all their life and said, I have never understood the gospel like I did after what you just shared. One lady wrote me a $1,000 check. She understood. She got something. You know, you go in a restaurant and you write them a $1,000 check. That was some good eating. You enjoyed that stack, brother, didn't you? And, and I had a, another guy at a church. I'm just telling you this because I want you to understand. That there's a guy that I, I didn't really know this guy, but he grew up in Live Oak. In fact, he's got family here in Valdosta. His last name's Corbett, Phil Corbett. He had come to church at Melody. I was down there preaching, and I shared this message. He said it was the first time I'd ever come to Melody. Heard a lot about Melody. Kind of like, hey, that's a weird church. And he said, I came, me and my family came. And he said, I'm a, pa- I'm a pastor's son. I grew up in church. And he said, the message you shared that day, I had never heard the gospel explained like that, and it set me free. And, and man, I went there last night. He's a, one of the ushers. He's never left. I'll tell you, when people get a hold of the gospel, they'll stick. I don't care if the drummer can't keep a beat, the lead singer's off tune, they'll come back every time to get something from God. And they want power. They ain't coming. I don't, I don't, you don't come to church just to get a message. You come to get filled up so you can go empty out. This ain't a fish tank. This is a distribution center. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. That's when the church will grow. You'll have to knock out walls, go move in somewhere else, go find another church. Cause it's, and I'm, ta- I'm preaching to myself. We all got to do that. We're light. When we go out and, and, and lay hands on the sick and they get healed, they're coming to your church. I don't care if you got carpet. The AC ain't working. I don't give a rip. My mama said, can she come? We don't mind. We don't care if you got fleas. We're coming to church. Amen? What are we going to do? The AC quit working. We can't have church. Man, tell them to wear their tank tops and flip-flops and come on. We'll get some fans and crank it up and get the Holy Ghost in the place. I guarantee you, you pray hard enough, the Holy Ghost will cool it better than the AC will. Well, sir, he'll move a mountain. He can make the AC kick. Amen? Y'all ain't hearing me. Shoot. I just came back from seven days with Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle, Bill Winston, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore. I about had a Holy Ghost. I about OD'd in, the, OD'd in the Word. The good thing is you can't overdose on the Word of God. Amen? Woo! You just get blown a bit and start shooting out cracks and all over the place. Amen? Coming out your eyes. Hallelujah. So anyway... This, this guy, he, I, I really began to study this. What's the purpose of Jesus? i got to move here. And I'm going, i got lots of scriptures, but y'all know most of these, so I don't have to lay it all out there. You can get the tape if you need to. No tape. MP4, MP6, whatever they got. Hallelujah. Can, I'm still thinking about reel to reel. Hallelujah. Eight tracks. Check this out. So I went and Googled why Jesus came. It was like 44 reasons, 38 reasons. I said, I just need one. And, well, you, so you don't have to go to hell. And uh, I had this young lady that went to ORU. She, oh, oh, you remember uh, Sierra? She, she called me up and she said, Pastor Chris, I'm, I'm at ORU and I got this, this situation. I'm ministering to this Muslim. And I just keep telling him he needs Jesus. And he keeps asking me why. And I said, because you do. Why? Because you just got to get Jesus. But, but he just wants to know why. I use the example with young people. If I went to the deepest, darkest jungles of Africa and bought a toilet bowl and set it before them, they never seen a toilet. I said, you need this. Why? If they said beans and rice, man. No, 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 no. No, no beans and rice. That's a used toilet. No, no, no. That is what we use to use to go to the bathroom in, in America. I got four of them at home. They're nice. Amen? And, but you, if you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. 
If you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. You know, you think about somebody never seen. So this Muslim don't have any clue about Jesus, and she just keeps telling me he needs it. But what's the purpose? You know, it's kind of like my, I had a Suburban that had a little button on there on the dashboard. Some of you guys going to make fun of me. Huh? That boy is a little slow. It said I-N-T-O-W, I-N-T-O-W, in tow. And I thought, I wonder what that means. Well, probably nothing. It's just there. No, there's a reason. If you're hauling something on the back of that trailer, on that Suburban, you got to push that button. Well, after two rear ends, I figured it out. <laughs> I abused the rear end on my vehicle because I didn't follow instructions. I got a good education on towing things and push the button. Find the button. Go get the owner's manual. Read it. Amen. Amen. So anyway, i got to hurry here. Listen. Because I want you to get this. I promise you. Hang with me. If you've never listened in church, listen today. If you, don't, if you can't listen and take notes, just don't take notes. Just hold on. So anyway, this, uh, this, this was what I, I started studying this and praying. And uh, this is the scripture the Lord gave me. It's in 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. Would you throw this up on the screen? It says, He who sins is of the devil because the devil has sinned from the beginning. The reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. One, that, that's, I, think, I don't know what translation that is. I think the New King James says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. Everybody say purpose. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's the purpose. Now, once again, he loved you. He, he didn't want you to go to hell. He has a plan for your life. God sent him. But the, the main purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Well, then we need to find out what the works of the devil are. Somebody say amen. So, and, and uh, I, I, I just shared this at this youth camp. I read this story many years ago, and I just stumbled across. I, don't, I didn't stumble. It was the Holy Spirit. I was reading this, um, reading about this, this man. When he was 15 years old, he lived in England. His father was a Methodist minister. And he determined as a 15-year-old boy, and this really got my attention, a 15-year-old boy determined in his heart that there couldn't be a God because he was taught all his life that God was a good God and that God was all-powerful. And he says it can't be. They can't. Those two things can't coexist because of the world, the shape the world was in. He said, man, killing and murdering and rape and stealing and robbery, this world is a terrible place. And if a God's a good God and he's a loving God, then he's doing a terrible job. So I just choose not to believe in God. Well, that, that, that would have, well, no, that's not even all right. You know, you, somebody, your youth group, I remember my youth group said, oh, I don't believe in God. You don't really believe that you don't believe in God. You're just trying to get somebody's attention, usually. So um, this is interesting. I was just sharing at a church, and a, a young lady came to me. She said, well, Jordan, you could have just said what you said, and you just got her attention. And you shared that story. She got set free. So what happened was this guy grew up. He was a scientist, and, and he even he went to a, a Wesleyan school. He even debated C.S. Lewis. Now, he said C.S. Lewis was a sharp cat. He said, I really respected him. But C.S. Lewis said that the reason there was bad things in the earth was because of the free will of man, that, that man had caused us, the choices of man, the fallen state of man, and, and which is true. But he said he couldn't buy that, which is, I don't know why. I don't know. Somebody, if he had got a hold of this message, he'd have got set free. But check this out. He said, I will, always go, I will only go where science leads. He wrote 40 works on atheism. I'm talking 40 works that he put into schools. You're talking about why our schools are bad because you got people writing documentation on atheism and they're pumping it to the public schools. And he'd go to schools and travel. He traveled all over his name. His name was Anthony Flew, F-L-E-W. You can Google it when you get home. Anthony Flew. Well, here's what he said. At the age, he died in about 2010, I believe. And up in his 80s, remember, he always said, I will go, I'll always go where science leads. And this ain't a science class, so just hang on. We're fixing to get into the Word. But I want you, this is just going to set the stage to kind of show you where people are. He said, I will, always, I will always go where science leads. Well, guess what? In the 90s and in the early 2000s, they started studying DNA. Well, guess what he was studying? DNA. After studying DNA, he came to the conclusion, I uh, was wrong. There is a God. There is a God. And the atheist community went nuts. Oh, he's got dementia. Oh, he, he's losing his mind. Now, here's, here's the, the sad thing is he didn't become a Christian. He became a deist. He believed that there was a God that created the heavens and created the earth and then removed himself. That's what he said. 
the crazy thing is he was exactly right according to scripture and i'm going to show you that today if somebody would have john wesley said this john wesley said this he said i I wrote this down i want to make sure i got this right he said that it seems he says that it seems that god is limited by our prayer life i didn't grow up a methodist i'm not but I, 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 there's some truth here. And several people said this. And some of them said they don't know why. They just said it just seems that God is limited by our prayer life. It seems that he can do nothing for mankind or humanity unless someone asks him. And, and I think he actually said he didn't know why. But he said after studying the Bible for years and years, he says, but it just seems like God can do nothing for mankind unless someone asks him. Well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. The Bible says he was he's looking for somebody to stand between the, the porch and the, the, the hedge and the, the, the porch. I, I just I just read a scripture today that said he looked for somebody that would say restore and he could find no one. You know, we're the body of Christ. He's just the head. Last time I checked, the head needs his body. Now I'm going to show you real clear. Now we gotta hurry. Can you hold on with me? I'm gonna talk fast. You with me? Everybody with me? Are you? Because you, these are going to be the answers. Why do good things happen to bad? Why did so and so's baby get killed? Why didn't so and so get cancer? I just got a long. I send out emails. I send out three thousand emails every day to uh, do a devotional. And 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 it, and man, I'm throwing it out there. Man, I got my husband was a good man. And you said wicked people die prematurely. I said I didn't say your husband was wicked. I said we're in a wicked world. I don't know your husband. I said my mama died prematurely. My mama wasn't a wicked woman. And she didn't understand faith, but she was a born-again Christian. And she's with Jesus. I mean, she was right with God. I found her Bible, and she, she believed in tongues and all this, but she, she, just, and she, she just made it for mine. She was going. I put Kenneth Hagin on healing scriptures. I, my dad said, as soon as you walk out, she'd turn it off. She just wanted to go. She's just ready to go. And she was 79 years old. She wasn't a baby. But my dad, he's still kicking. He's 90. And, and you know, he wanted her to stay, but... She said, I'm gone. Amen. She made everything right. Okay. So we're going to go to, to Genesis. Because that scripture there in, in um, 1 John, did you catch what it said there? The devil has sinned from the... What, when? When's the beginning? In the beginning. Okay. Well, you know, if you just read your Bible and open your eyeballs up, it'll, it'll lead you and guide you. The Holy Spirit will help you. Because I ain't that smart. The Holy Spirit would say, hey, check out that word beginning. In the beginning, Chris. Hey, is anybody home? Go, go, to, go to Now, I, and Brother Hagin, I heard him share along these lines many times. And, uh, now, I want to, there's one scripture I want to give you. Psalm, slow that up. Psalm 115, verse 16. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. What does that say? Well, I don't know about that verse. I don't really understand. The heavens belong to God, but earth he's given to the children of men. And we're going to see that. In in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you've probably heard this many, many times. Then God said, let us make man in our image, us. That's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus was with the Father. They're one. Somebody say amen. And he said, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion means you have a domain. A king has dominion. A king has a domain. A king is in charge. A king is in rulership. Somebody gave the kingship to the person. God said, you're the king of this earth. I'm giving it to you. You're a man. You're a man. You're created in my image, but you're a man. You're a spirit being. You're created in the image of God, but you're a man. You have flesh and blood. The devil cannot stand man because the devil hates God, and God was created in man's image. If the devil hates God, he hates the man that was created in his image. You just need to get that through your thick head. The devil hates you. He hates your wife, hates your kids. He hates everything you do. He'll never like you. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy you. He kills babies and blames it on God. And he's got preachers doing it. He gets preachers working on his behalf. I'm not, I'm, listen, they, they, they can't help it. Bless, Brother Hagin just said, bless their darling heart and dumb head. That's just the way they was raised. I, I used to believe some stupid things. Fortunately, my mom and dad did have enough sense to say, I don't always understand bad things, but just stay on God's side. You know, man, we went to a church, and the pastor got filled with the Holy Ghost. He had a message called, Why Speaking in Tongues is of the Devil, and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! 
God did and spoke in tongues. Kind of messed his message up, huh? Because now he's of the devil. But my father said this. He said, listen, son, I don't understand tongues, but I'll never say anything's of the devil. Because he read that verse in there where Jesus said, he said, he's of Beelzebub. He said, man, you can't, a house divided against itself can't, can't stand. Okay, so man's in dominion. We got that. He's got full authority. Be fruitful, multiply. And then Satan shows up. Satan hates man. Satan says, I'm going to show this guy. I can't get God. I'll just get man. He put man in charge. Now, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Satan, the serpent, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, has you in... He, he, he's always going to say something about God. He's the accuser of the brethren. He says, has God said you shall not eat of the tree of any garden? They could do anything they wanted to. I tell young people this all the time. I said, if mama says don't go to the club, don't even go near the club. Don't go stand outside the door of the club, hang out in the parking lot. I didn't go in the club. I just hung out in the parking lot. No, get away from the club. Run from the club. And now I can't understand why he was hanging around that stupid tree. Don't eat from that tree. Don't hang around the tree. He didn't have a loud system to get get you. Hey, come over here. The tree's over here. That helped somebody. Hallelujah. Don't don't go near it. Well, it's all right to sit beer. No, they sit beer in the clubs too. Amen. Somebody said that uh, the angels are watching us and doing what we say. I said, I got to thinking, well, the angels don't sit beer. So I'm not sipping beer. Hallelujah. I want them working with me. Somebody say amen. I don't, well, I better stop now. So the serpent said, God didn't say don't eat from the tree. The woman said, yeah, God said if we eat from the tree of the garden, we can eat from any tree. But if we eat from the fruit of that tree, we shall surely die. Of course, he's going to come back. Well, you won't die. Well, he wasn't talking about fall over dead. He was talking about die spiritually. Die spiritually. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Because everybody dies. My kids, when they were three years old or two or one, maybe not three, I got a, I got a, a grandbaby. She's two years old. She runs around the house naked. Don't even think twice about it. Hey, there's the preacher. Hey. She's taking what she got. Amen. Guess what? My wife's got her clothes on. My daughter and my daughter, my son-in-law got their clothes on. Because we, we've, we've reached the age of accountability. We've ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We know it ain't good to walk in front of the pastor with our clothes on. But little babies don't understand that. You don't even spank them. Now, if they're 16, you better deal with that. you got issues. Uh, there's a message I share. It's called the, the Three Stages of Life. It's called birth, spiritual death, and then physical death. There's three. There's one more in there you better hit. It's called the new birth. Jesus said you must be born again. Because if you don't get born again between the spiritual death and the physical death, you're in big trouble. That's, what, that's our job. We've got to take this message. This is going to help you. This is going to help you with any, any case. Listen. So, so, uh, so anyway, she gave in. She gave in to the devil, and then she got her husband to eat. So Adam and Eve fell. The curse came. That, that's when they went and hid themselves. They found out they were naked. Jesus, God showed up and said, hey, where are you? He goes, oh, we're in the garden. Oh, we hid. He goes, why'd you hide? Because we're naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, that tree, when we ate it, it, it got smart. I heard somebody teach that the glory was covering them. They didn't know they were naked until they ate from the glory left. Amen? That's when, we, that's when sin came. That's when, that's when death came. So the woman... Um, and let me let me throw this up. Romans six sixteen. You need to see this. We, we're moving right along. We, we're cruising here. Romans six sixteen. It says this. It says, "Do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the one slaves to whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness." If they were to obey God, we wouldn't even be where we are. Obedience. Everybody say obedience. Obedience is true worship. You can, you can substitute the word obedience for worship every time. I will obey the Lord with all my heart. I will worship the Lord with all my heart. Obedience is worship. And you're going to see that even more clearly. So when they, when they chose to obey Satan, they disobeyed God. It's bad enough. You know, I thought about that scripture in James chapter 4. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So, so what happened? They didn't resist the devil. They submitted to the devil. Well, guess what? They resist, The minute they did, they resisted God. My God, I, I bet that was a sad day in heaven. I, I, I don't think I want to see that flashback. I, I, I mean, God, I just don't want to. I mean, I bet God wept. 
I mean, that was a, the most terrible tragedy that ever existed on the face of the earth. You can say the worst tragedy ever was was the day that they gave in to, to, to the devil. But the best day was when Jesus came back. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. That, oh, I, feel, I feel it right now. I'm like that lady. And the doctor said, don't push. I'm going to push the baby out. Hallelujah. I was with Bill, Bill Winston said, oh, I let the baby slip out. Hallelujah. And he wasn't ready for the word to get dropped real quick. And all of a sudden, people just started bringing money up front, just throwing it on the stage. I talked to one of the head ushers. He said it was $16,000. Man, you get a word from God, people get excited. $16,000. I ain't got there yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They call him Billionaire Bill. and he, He's a giving away man. He, that's why he's blessed. If you never got to hear Bill Winston, you got to do so. We just, y'all just need to bring him down here. Amen. So, um, so they, they gave in to Satan. Now, let, let, me get, let me make this clear, and I'm going to just throw these scriptures out real quick. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says that the Apostle Paul says, Satan is the God of this world. I've had people want to fight me when I said that. I said, well, I'm just quoting 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. No, God's the God of the world. No, Satan is the God of this world because of what happened in the, in the garden. Jesus, now that was the Apostle Paul. If you don't believe, well, he was just a man. In John 14, 30, Jesus said, the ruler of this world is coming. He wasn't talking about God, he was talking about Satan. Jesus called him the prince of this world in one scripture. Um, I've I got lots of scriptures. I, I, don't, I don't think I've got to sit here and prove it to you. You can go do it yourself. John, 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the devil, the evil one, the wicked one. That's not God. God's not the wicked one. The whole world is under the control. That's why there's terrorism. That's why there's death and violence and ISIS and people killing babies and abortion. That's why disease is in the earth. Listen, we've all probably lost family members to disease. I'm, we're not, it wasn't, sometimes people say, oh, it was sin. Well, sin brought the disease that killed your loved one. I didn't say your loved one was in sin. Sometimes people, oh, you was in sin, bro. That's why you died. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen some godly people die that the devil wanted dead. I mean, let's just get smart here. The greatest man of God on the face of the earth, the devil's got him in his crosshairs. I've got to kill that fool. If he slips up one iota, I will kill him dead. Now, he's going to bust heaven wide open, but I'm going to get him off this earth because he's hurting my kingdom. Do you hear that? If we were at war, if we were at war against uh, the terrorists, and you saw Osama bin Laden riding on a horse in the front, put the guns on him. If you kill him, you'll knock the whole group out. Do you hear me? So sometimes we go, why did why did Caleb die? Because Caleb, no, he ain't gonna die in the name of Jesus. And I'm not saying he slipped up. But I'm telling you that that's why it's important to pray for your leaders. That's why to pray for those who are in authority. Even your unsaved leaders. I pray for President Obama every day. Every day. I don't, and I don't talk about him. I don't talk bad about him. You, oh, I pray for him. Boy, he's a jerk. No, no, no. You don't cancel all your prayers. You love the man. Pray for the man. Somebody say amen. Um. John chapter 17, just to really make you understand. Now, you've got to understand something. When, when Chris Musgrove bowed his knee to Jesus, Jesus became my Lord. The minute Jesus became my Lord, I got transferred from this kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. Uh, first, is it, where is it? Ephesians 1. Is that Ephesians 1? We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. When you said, because what's your name? Megan, when you said, I'm just watching your eyes. She's zoning in. That's good. That's good. I need that. So, so when you said Jesus is Lord, you immediately put him on the throne of your life. So the, your old master, boy, he didn't like that. He don't want nobody getting a hold of Romans 10, 9, and 10. Because when you, when you confess Jesus is Lord, you submitted to a new king. And the devil is no longer a part of your life. Somebody say amen. Now, he'll try to get back in there. But you're in rebellion. And in fact, you became a citizen of heaven, the Bible says. Where does it say that? Uh, 
I got that written here. Uh, Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven. I'm an illegal alien here right now. I'm a physical. I'm, physically, I'm not an alien. But spiritually, I'm an alien. We're in a dark place in a dark world, but we've got to take the light. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. First uh, Peter 2.11 says we are strangers and aliens here. Somebody say amen. Okay, real quick. We've got to go. Uh, what time is it? I promise you, if, you, if we have to go 12.15, it'll be worth it. But I'm, I'm, going, I'm moving. Listen, I see light bulbs coming on. If you could see what I see, you'd get excited. But don't, if you don't hang with me, it's going to be like you walked out of the movie at the best part. I can't. I ain't getting up and walking to go get popcorn. Forget popcorn, because I'm. Because if I come back, I have to ask you everything that I missed. I don't want to miss anything. I go to the movie early, get all the popcorn I can get. Amen. I like popcorn. Hallelujah. Abraham. Everybody say Abraham or, or say Abram. Abram. Uh, Genesis chapter twenty-two. Go to Genesis twenty-two. We'll look at verse five. You might want to go there real quick. Turn to Genesis twenty-two if you got your Bible. If you can't write in your Bible, get your neighbor's Bible right in his. Hallelujah. Um, God found this man, Abram, and he said, uh, get thee out of thy house and leave your father's house and go to a place. He goes, where am I going? Don't worry, I'll tell you when you get there. This is called faith. He just left. Then he found him a wife, Sarah, and then he said, you're going to have the, uh, look up the heavens. You see them stars? You're going to have children. Your, your descendants are going to be like the stars. Look down at the ground. You see that sand? Your descendants are going to be like the sand. He's like, well, I don't even have a... I mean, my wife can't even, we've been trying to get pregnant for years, can't get pregnant. So then he did all the stuff with his concubines and all that crazy stuff that got us all these crazy issues. It's already crazy. It got crazier. Amen. And then finally, he changed his name. I think it was, oh, I don't know, it was a long time, 18 years or more that they were going along. He changed his name to Abraham. Abra- this is confession. This is a good confession message. Abraham means father of many nations. So he started going around saying, hey, hey, Caleb, my name is Abraham. In other words, I'm father of many nations. And, and Katie's looking around. I don't see one young and Y'all looking old. He, he must be getting ready to adopt. Hey, I'm, my name is uh, Abraham, father of many nations. She got pregnant in three months after he changed his name because his confession changed. He started saying something different, started having children. He got a son named Isaac. He got this baby Isaac, the promised one. Isaac means the promised one. Isaac is a type of Christ. He got Isaac and he said, I want you to take... Isaac up on the mountain, I want you to sacrifice him. Now, I'm telling you, folks, I struggle with this. I, I, had, I, I didn't have as much trouble with Jonah and the whale than I had with this. I can believe a fish big enough could swallow a man. But I don't believe a man could take his child up on the mountain and, and kill him. I just don't. That just don't that ain't, we can't, I, couldn't, I couldn't go there. And that's all right. If you can't go somewhere, just be real. So, oh, 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 I like spiritual because if I say that, they'll think I'm an agnostic or something. I'm just getting real real with you because i got two boys. i got two girls. I, I mean, I love the boys, but I ain't going to kill the girls either. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, really, I love the girls. I got grandgirls, and I love them babies. They say, you like the girls better. They, them, the boys can tell. I only got one boy, so I had to go get him off the side. I really love on him a lot. <laughs> okay, check this out. So, uh, Genesis 22, and I'm going to help you out with that problem I had in the New Covenant. Genesis 22.5, we're moving. You, you hanging with me? All right, now hang with me. We're fixing to get to the final scene. You don't want to miss it. Genesis 22:5. And Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the, la- the lad and I will go yonder and worship. Remember, this is the first time the word worship, for all you worship people, that's the first time the word worship is mentioned in the whole Bible. First time. There wasn't no guitar or bongos or congos strapped on that donkey. I, I love music. I love worship. I love to sing. I was a worship leader for 17 years, probably longer than that because I worshiped at the other church. But worship is obedience. And you talk about an obedient man. Abraham was the man. We need to bring that song back, Caleb. Father Abraham. Let me see if we can kind of jazz that up a little bit. That's a killer song. If it, you, you just don't know how powerful Abraham is. You're fixing to see it. I, 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 there, next to God, he is it. I, I believe. I mean, he, we're here because of Abraham. It says it was imputed to him as righteousness because he obeyed. Now, he says that men, we will, we, there wasn't a mouse in his pocket. We will come back to you, to the men by the donkey. We're going up on the mountain. They go up on the mountain. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and took the fire in his hand and, uh, and a knife. And the two of them went together, and, they, and he spoke to his father, and he said, Father, where 
He said, here I am, son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the burnt offering? The lamb for the burnt offering. And the father said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb. For, that's a prophetic word. Right? If you don't know what a prophetic word is, there it is. So the two of them went together, and then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar, altar placed the wood on the altar. He bound the son. He bound Isaac. There's a reason why he bound him. That word bind means a contract, binding contract. He bound Isaac. Well, you'd have to bind your son, too, if you picked up a knife in the air. And he's, hey, fool, put that knife down, Daddy. That thing's sharp. I just seen you go to deer last week without that thing's sharp. Daddy, put the knife down. And he said, um, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, and Abraham said, here am I. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only begotten son. That, I don't know if that, there's one translation that says your only begotten son. I pulled all the wrong translations, my bad. Your only begotten son. You can look it up for yourself. Your only begotten son. Have we heard that before anywhere? Has anybody ever heard only begotten son? Who was that in reference to? Jesus. Somebody, thank you, thank you, thank you. Only begotten son. And then he said, do not lay your hand on son. And then he said, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a ram caught in the bushes and the thicket. God provided a lamb. Then the angel of the Lord called out a second time. And he said, by myself, this is good stuff, I have sworn. Oh, glory, God swear now. God said, I swear, I swear, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. You have not withheld your only begotten son. With blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. As the descendants of the stars of the heaven and of the sandwiches of the sea, and your descendants shall possess, they shall possess the enemy of their gates. Now, i got to move. You're with me. Hang on. Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Remember when I said I really struggled with this whole deal? I did. And I think you do too, if you'll just be real. You going to take your boy up on the mountain and put a knife in his chest? Anybody in here? You better, you better have known you heard from God. In Galatians 3, 7, it says, Therefore, be sure that those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. What was your name again? Megan, when you bowed your knee to Jesus, you became a son of Abraham. Father Abraham. You can sing it sound. Be loud and proud. So it says the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. You're a Gentile, I guess. You're not Jewish, are you? I'm a Gentile. When I bowed my knee to Jesus, I became joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I became a son of Abraham. He says the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. God came down and preached the gospel. Abraham saw the birth of Christ. Abraham saw the crucifixion. Abraham saw the resurrection. He actually believed that God was going to raise him from the dead and they were going to walk back down the mountain. That's what he believed. He didn't know God. He, he, Because God couldn't tell him that. He had to drive that knife in his chest. He had to kill his son. And in his heart, he did. He did. He killed his son in his heart. He gave his only. He was willing to give his only. And God said, oh, you did it. Listen, I remember Brother Hagin telling stories. And God said, I want you to go back to the church you used to pastor. He said, God, I'll go anywhere in the world. I'll go to Afghanistan. But I don't want to go back to that church. And he said, but if you want me to go, I'll go. And he said, the minute he said, I'll go, he said, that's, I don't want you to go. I just need you to be willing to go. We had to God do the. We went to the Czech Republic many years ago. And the Lord, we, my wife, both of us, we're supposed to be here. I mean, she said, we've got to find school for the kids. I'm like, oh, my God, she really believes it. She's looking for school. I went back and stayed for about three months, and I got, the Lord said, it just left. It left. But we were so willing to go out. I had to spend extra money to go back to the Czech Republic to spy out the land, and it just left. I came home, and I was in a service in Ozark, Alabama. Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen called me out, came down and found me, pulled me out, and said, hit me on the head. And he shared that story that night, and I got, I got set free. You better be willing to do anything. Don't say, I'll go anywhere, but I won't do that. Man, you, 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 you're backing up then. Somebody say amen. That's just a little extra message I gave you. Hebrews 11:19. Hebrews 11:19 says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and in so manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Those are two New Testament scriptures that are referring to the issue that I had. The, answer, the Word of God will answer your questions. Just keep reading. Somebody say amen.
are you are you, are we getting? Are we clicking? Luke chapter four. Okay, we got we got Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and then Jesus comes. Jesus comes, and he had to be he he had to come. You know what the the guy that was the apologist he he, he finally asked one of these Calvinist guys why did God see Jesus and it, he obviously didn't know the answer but he's gonna open his mouth anyway. Remember what I said? You open your mouth, you you ignorance is gonna come out. He said that the reason God sent Jesus was because it looked good on paper, like a facade kind of. That's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in the, in the face. I mean, that's ignorant. Gone to seed. Somebody say amen. Think back to the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was there, and he said, "God, man, I, I'll do it. But is there any other way we can do this? Because I, 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 I let this cup pass from me. But if not, I'll do it." He said, "That you got to go." You got to do this. You have got to die because Abraham, we cut covenant. He gave his son, I'm giving mine. Did you not get that? A man had to get back what a man lost. A man had to. Now somebody said, Well, he's God. Can't he just come over and slap the devil upside the head? No, because God's a God of mercy and justice and fairness and honesty. Caleb drives up in the parking lot one day and he's got this nice truck. I said, dang, Caleb, that's a nice truck. He goes, man, this paid for it. Somebody gave it to me. He said, Caleb, you probably could use some extra cash. Hold on to that. That's your title. And, uh, and Caleb says, uh, I said, Caleb, I'd like to buy that truck. And Caleb trusts me, which is his first mistake. And I said, Caleb, I want to buy your truck. He said, you do? I said, you got the title? Yeah, I got it right here. Pull it out. Sign that title right here real quick. He signs the title. I get the title in my hand. I said, thank you, Caleb. He said, where's my money? I said, I ain't got a penny, but I got a cut truck. He just signed his title over to me. I deceived him. Legally, I got the truck. It's really his truck. I just stole it illegally. He's going to call the, Cal- uh, the Valdosta Police Department, Lowndes County Sheriff's Department. They're going to come out here. Your wife's going to be real ill. Because he's going to say, that man stole my truck. I said, I ain't stealing nothing. I got the title. He said, well, Caleb, you, he's got your truck. And if Caleb tries to come to my house in the middle of the night to get the truck, I'm going to call the Lowndes County Police Department. They're going to take Caleb to jail. Your wife's really going to be ill now. I'm sorry. You understand? That's exactly what happened. But Jesus died to get Caleb's title back. Glory to God. Now, that might not be a very good example, but that's one of the best things I could do to make people understand. Jesus is not going to trespass because this is not his earth. But it was man's earth. Man lost it, and a man had to get it back. Jesus became a man. Jesus was born we're not going to get into There's no little children here. I could just get, I mean, he came through the, you know what, the womb. He came out. I mean, the placenta, the, the water. We got women here. You had babies. Whatever you had, that's what Jesus went through. And, in fact, you was in a hospital. He was in a tick-infested, doo-doo-smelling barn. I mean, it just ain't even right. The king of the world going to get born with flies and, gee, goats and, Chickens and nastiness. Well, Satan got wind of it. Satan tried to kill him. Then Satan tried to kill him again, and then he lost him somewhere in Nazareth, and all of a sudden this happens. This, man, this is just so good. He, uh, where am I at? Oh, I think I just lost my place. I can find it. Uh, Luke chapter 4. Yeah, this is it. Then the devil take him up. Okay, let me, let me go real quick. Luke chapter 3. You've you got to get this. Jesus is being baptized in the River Jordan. Jesus shows up. What is the first thing John the Baptist says? Think about that prophetic word that Abraham said. The Lord will provide a lamb. All of a sudden, you got this prophet in the New Testament. There wasn't much prophets going on. And John the Baptist is sitting there in the Jordan River. Jesus walks up, and John, the first thing out of his mouth is, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Wow. I bet Abraham was watching from the portals of heaven. Woo, there it is. Woo! Him and I, he said, there it is, baby, come here, I was like, King. And all of a sudden he does, and he walks up, and he baptizes him, and the heavens open up, and the dove descends down and lands on Jesus, and the voice says, this is my beloved son. I wish I was Ephraim Sybilis Jr. that could do that. This is my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased. And, and Satan heard it. Oh, oh, I lost him in Bethlehem. He went to Egypt. I lost him in Nazareth, but I done found him at the Jordan. And it says that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The same temptation that the first Adam experienced. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. 
Somebody say amen. I think I got that scripture, but I ain't got to it yet. And it says, and the devil took Jesus up on a high mountain. Now, this is the devil's world. And he's taking Jesus. Come with me. He said, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give to you and all the glory. For it has been delivered to me. It was in the Garden of Eden. And I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, it will be yours if you will worship before me right now. Now, you've got to understand something. The devil, that's the one thing he lied about. He was, he was telling the truth, and he, the lie was right at the end because he wasn't going to give it to him. I'm so proud that Jesus didn't say, I am Jesus Christ. Didn't you hear that voice? Didn't you see that dove? Didn't you hear my father? He never mentioned who he was. He just kept saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. You know I like what he said? Because I can say, it is written. It is written. But here's what I tell these young people. You can't say it is written if you don't know it is written. If Caleb just found out he had a long-lost uncle up in Rhode Island, was the richest man that ever lived on the face of, of the United States of America. He owned islands, airlines, parks, golf courses. He owned boats, yachts, cruise lines. And they said, Caleb, uh, can you, uh, we're going to mail you the will. It will be coming in a package in three days. He says, never mind. I'm catching a flight right now. I'll be in uh, Rhode Island in the morning. With a, well, actually, I'll be there tonight with a big cup of coffee, my glasses, and some reading lights. Because I'm going to commence to reading that book. I'm here to tell you, folks, that the, what he's going to receive in Rhode Island can't touch this will. Somebody say amen. Because he can get that will and die three days of cancer. But this has got life, healing, and everything in the world that was ever created belongs to you. Because it says God owns the cattle on a thousand hill and all the silver and the gold there. Now, it was stolen, but Jesus got it back. And it's not about just so you can have. It's about so you can Somebody say amen. So, he, the devil, Jesus kept saying, it is written, it is written. And you've got to be able to say that. If my father passed away, he, Edie Musgrove, uh, they're going to read his will. And he's going to say what belongs to Chris, his son. And some bozo might walk in the door and say, no, no, no. no. He said I could have him. No, you got to. Hebrews 11, 6. This, uh, Philippians 4, 19. Let me read you the, from the will. The devil can't stand to hear the word of God. You just get up in his grill. Somebody say amen. Um, Hebrews 2.14. This is my last page. I promise you. We're done. Hebrews 2.14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is Satan or the devil. He holds the power of death. Satan does. The, the devil, Jesus broke that power. Somebody say amen. First um, Corinthians fifteen forty five. It is written, the first man, Adam, here's the scripture, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. One translation says the second Adam. Hebrews 9, 16 and 17. For where there is a testament, there must also be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. My father's will, A.D. Musgrove, has no power until my father dies. I don't want his will. I just said, just keep living because I don't want your stuff. I'll just give it away. Hallelujah. But, now if he wants me to have it, I'll take it. Glory to God. I mean, I'm just, I'd rather have my father than have his stuff. So when Jesus died, the New Testament became alive. It's a living testament. You're reading this book to find out what belongs to you, to find out what's available to you, to find out what you're capable of. Because it's the, and the devil don't want you reading the Word of God. Somebody say amen. Real quick, we want to finish up right here. The, the testator and the test, that, that's, I don't know what that is. It's, it's, not, it's not my kind of, it ain't South Georgia lingo. We, we just say the will. The will is not going forth until the willie, I guess. I don't know if willie, that sounds weird. <laughs> the person that wrote the will, when he dies, the will becomes in force. Somebody died, the will's in force. Somebody say amen. Okay, Matthew 16, I'm, I'm, we're done. Matthew 16, I'm going to just tell you this. Listen, you can look it up up there on the screen. Matthew 16, Jesus is walking with the disciples, and he says, Listen, uh, who do the people say that I am? And uh, they say, Well, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus said, Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, that's revelation. And, the, and he says, Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this through your brain. But my Father in heaven revealed this. It's called revelation from the Spirit of the living God. And he said, upon this revelation, upon this rock, the, the name Petra is just a stone, Peter. 
but the word uh, uh, Petros is a stone. I think Petra is the foundation rock. It's the bedrock. It's what it's the same foundation they built this building on. They put foot. I'm not a construction guy, but you got to have footers. You got to have rebar. You got to go down deep to go up high. Somebody say Amen. The foundational truth, Megan, when you said Jesus Christ is my Lord, that's the foundational truth. Upon this foundation, I will build my church. Keep scrolling down. And the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. Remember that scripture? Go back to Genesis 22. What did he say? He said, you will do. He said, you, oh, glory to God. Let me go back and look. I don't want to mess this up. Oh, hallelujah. I got notes on the floor down here. Abraham lifted his eyes, and he says, where is it at? Oh, he says, and you're just, uh, this is verse 17 of chapter 22. Blessing, I will bless you, multiplying, I will multiply your sins as the stars of heaven, as the sand of the sea. And your descendants shall possess the enemies of their gate. Did you get that? You, that's what he said. Your descendants shall possess the enemies of your gates. Now go back to uh, Matthew 16. Are you getting this? Are y'all getting this? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. That's what he said in Genesis. And, and, and he says, and then go to the next verse. Why is the gates of hell going to prevail? Because I'm giving you the keys. Now, folks, I wasn't real smart. When I used to read that verse about the gates of hell, I thought these gates was like coming after me. Here goes the gates. Get out, murder the gates. But y'all, baby, the gates are going to get us. I should have had better sense than that. You thought I would. I was born in South. I was born in Valdosta. But I, I grew up on a farm. Gates keep people out. And keep things in. And Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the gates. They won't prevail against you. You'll possess the enemy. You'll possess the gates of your enemy. Who's your enemy? Satan. He had contemporary lease, but it's gone. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose. Now, remember, we're citizens of heaven. Folks, if this don't fix your prayer life, I don't know if we can help you. This will make you pray. You have not because you ask not. So, so I'm just waiting on God to move. He moved 2,000 years ago. He ain't moving. He's sitting down and he gave you the keys. Keys represent authority. If I threw you my keys, Caleb, you got my car, my safety deposit box, my office, my house. I gave Caleb my keys. He didn't steal them. Jesus gave you the keys. Man, I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm about to explode. Woo! And Jesus said, oh, glory to God. Colossians 1.12, last verse. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. And that's that, Megan, this is that scripture I was talking about a while ago. And he conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. I'm glad y'all just let me be myself this morning. I ain't trying to impress anybody. I just want you to get the message. Now, the band can come on. Come on. I'm done. Now, now this is a message that you can soak on for about three weeks. I talked to a pastor friend of mine the other day. His wife said, she is still saying, she's still soaking in that. Because God will show you more about this message than what, you, what I just gave you. This ain't about Chris Musgrave. I promise you, I ain't that smart. We already denoted that. Amen? Chantel, this is one of my babies right here. She's not my personal child, but she, she lived in my home for long enough that I can call her my baby. One of my children. Amen? And she was a blessing. I, I hate it when she left. I got a bunch of boys now. It don't smell good there. Them girls, that's why I like her. They make things smell good, and she's clean, too. She can come back anytime, baby. All right. She's from Wisconsin, so she's a long way, but she's here back in school now. Amen. And just soak on it. Begin to, and ask questions. You say, I'm struggling with this one thing. That's good. That's all right. Find out where you're struggling to go to the Word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you and guide you in all truth, and He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit will help you. Somebody say amen. Now listen, this is, this is where this message really helped me. I'm not just sitting back hoping something happens. We do school assembly programs. And I'd say this, Caleb, I said, man, I hope these kids listen today. Every now and then you give me one, you're like, oh, wow, I just want to pull out a gun and start shooting kids, you know. And they, they terrible. I want a baseball bat or something. Because they're just unruly. 
But here's what the Lord said one day. He said, why don't you do something? I said, what you want me to do? Talk to the principal, tell me to make him tighten up. He says, no, you have authority in this school. I said, how is that? I don't work here. He said, the principal invited you in, walked you up on the stage and introduced you. He's given you authority. Now, I don't have any authority at her house. Myrna said, but if Myrna said, Chris, I need you to come to my house and help me go through my finances, help me clean out my house and do some things. She's given me authority to come into her home. Otherwise, I ain't got to be snooping through her stuff. She gave me authority. So when the school gave me authority, I have authority. I can find it. Boy, I said, Whoa, I see it. I see it. I, I just got a new key. Hallelujah. I'm going to use it. Don't leave the keys in your pocket. And I said, In the name of Jesus, I find every student that walks in the doors. This would be good for you to use the schoolhouse right here. You need to be minding them kids when they come in there. I can't stand that kid. Pray for him. Hallelujah. This is Revelation. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And I found out, I have to say, and I told my team, don't say anything negative. Don't say these kids, I hope they, no, they're going to be good. They're going to listen. And I found out the worst kids listen the best. Because the Bible says it's the sick people that need a physician. I've seen the alternative schools whip out pens and papers, start taking notes. Man, I ain't never took notes out. We're not having church. I can't mention Jesus. We're just preaching vision. Somebody says, you can't preach in public schools. I say, I preach every time. I just don't tell them where I'm getting the information. I've learned to paraphrase scriptures. Amen. And Jesus will show up whether you say his name or not. You just believe. We anoint the chairs with oil tonight before we knock it out. I want to pray for you. Based on what you've heard today, it's time to stand up and do something. Listen, this church is an awesome church. I promise you. I know the pastor. I know the people. The word's going out here. This is a life-giving distribution center. It needs to be so packed we couldn't even see. we got to get new AC. There's more people than there's VGU's coming out to AC. Amen? So, it's our responsibility to begin to share this word, share that life. We're salt and light. You, 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 when you get a hold of the word of God and you begin to see people, it'll get on. They'll say, where do you go to church? You ain't got to tell them where you go to church. They'll ask you. You can have church at 3 a.m. and they'll come. Do you hear me? People need the Lord. They need the supernatural power of God. And we got the end. This should open up your eyes to where I'm going to start getting more word than ever God. I'm going to start praying more. Listen, this has changed my prayer life. I'm not even where I'm going to be. I'm going higher with Jesus. I'm going somewhere. But I can't take people where I can't go myself. Amen. I, 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 I get so excited about this message because every time I'm preaching it to me, hallelujah, I see it all over again. Every time I'm reading the Bible, I read. Because sometimes you'll I don't understand what happened. Sometimes it ain't none of my business why something happened to you. It ain't none of my business. I'm not your God. I don't look on your heart. God looks on my heart. So what we got to do is learn to trust God. Everybody stand up on your feet. Did you get something? Did you get something? Hallelujah. I'll clean up this mess here in a minute. Hallelujah. I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. We're going to make a confession. Bible says to hold fast your confession of faith. You need to be making confessions every day. Every day. I just uh, heard Jerry Savage said, 2016 is the year of the great breaking loose. Miracles, signs and wonders, family members coming back. Things that you've been standing in faith for, for years and years, the devil's not going to be able to hold it back any longer. Any longer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anybody here that's pregnant? Anybody pregnant? Maybe you ain't sure you think you might be. I don't know. That's all right. I, somebody sent me a note and said they thought there was going to be somebody here this morning that was pregnant. And her and her husband, they wanted to pray for me. He said, I could miss it. Maybe that's for later on this week. I don't know. That's all right. I want you to say this. Everybody lift your hands. Everybody say this. Say, Father, I thank you that you've given me the keys to the kingdom. That you sent your son Jesus as a man to take back what the devil stole. And Lord, I'm bowing my knee to you, Jesus. You are my Lord. Satan has nothing in me. I take those keys. I'm possessing the land. I know there's giants in the land. But you're going before me. And you've given me the land. I take possession of it. In the name of Jesus. Now Lord, I decree and declare... That there's uh, homes being paid off so people can do more for the kingdom. Lord, I thank you there are increases on their jobs. 
Lord, I thank you for opportunities to pray for lost people on their jobs, lost people in their school, people that need healing. You're going to give them a boldness to be able to show them from your word that God has already provided a way for them to be healed. Lord, that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord, stir our hearts, stir our faith. Let us be salt and light to take this message that you've broken the curse of the devil, that, the, that we'll be able to share the purpose that you sent Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it, God. We thank you for it. We give you glory and honor and praise. We just release vision. Lord, I release vision in Jesus' name. I release vision. There's people here that don't know what they're supposed to do with their life. Lord, they'll discover their purpose. They'll discover their place. They're, they're, we're, all, we're all members. We're all in the body, but we're all individual members. We all have different jobs. You know the plans you have for us. We release those plans. We release those seeds of greatness that are on the inside of them. All the potential will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. I love you. Caleb, thank you.